All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. It's a Sunday evening episode that, uh, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do the Nolcast. We'll have a good conversation. This team's 11-0. Obviously, there'll be a, a somber tone to everything that we talk about tonight based off what transpired last night. Um, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank our sponsors who make podcasts possible. Um, the great people at Prize Picks and the run that Bud's been on all year has been incredible. Um, and always want to thank Louisiana Hot Sauce for what they they do to make uh, this podcast possible. So, um, yeah, man, I'll I haven't had a chance to listen to your instant, Bud. That's on me. Have heard a lot of good positive things about it. Um, it's tough. I don't want to spend uh, like I don't want to do forty minutes on Jordan Travis. I I just don't think that'd be good content. And I'm not a particularly emotional person, but I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can do that either. Um, so I'll uh, just say real quickly, like Jordan, the person I've gotten to know a decent amount this year through stuff at the Battle's End. Um, I'm not you know, like best friends with Jordan Travis or something like that. But I do know the kid fairly well. He's very respectful. He works very hard. Um, I do know his family very well. I've gotten to know his dad and mom um, and brother through this process. And uh, I I hurt for them. I just, I can't imagine what that experience was, and, you know, going through the uh, – the senior day activities where you're out there on the field with your son who has been one of the more important players for one of the more important programs in in the history of the sport. And 20 minutes later, he's on a, you know, golf cart getting taken off the field. And that's, uh, that's, I can't imagine what that was like. I do know that that's an incredible family. Uh, they love each other dearly. They're very close knit. Um, and that Jordan's got as good of a support staff between his teammates and his family that you could hope for. Uh, also, like, I'll never be confused with, like, a Dabo Sweeney <laughs> cheerleader, but I think Dabo Sweeney was one of the first people to reach out to Jordan, and, and Jordan's heard from a lot of different people, and Dabo may not be my style of coach, but, um, you know, he's a, uh, by all accounts, he's a, pretty good human being and a class move. So, so we'll open. I, I did not know that. That, that is awesome. Debo reached out to him. Obviously, if you follow Jordan on Instagram, that's probably the best place to go for updates on Jordan. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's a very active social media guy. And, um, you know, as of tonight, the updates look like he was still in the hospital. Uh, so don't know, don't know when it'll you know be a surgery, but I assume if you're still in the hospital it, that it'll be one. I mean, it just kind of seems like common sense if you saw what what we all saw, and I don't really want to see again on the field. Uh, but uh, tonight, I mean, it was. Did you see the latest one? Like how packed that room is? That, that's uh, a, no, I don't I mean, know what time visiting hours are over, but man, they are. Uh, <laughs> that they they pack some folks in there for sure. It, it you know like everybody's poor and, and Jordan, you know I. I when Jordan said block that shit, talking about the field goal that North Alabama like called a timeout mm -hmm. to line up to kick. I mm -hmm. I think a lot of that was like all of us, right? It was like, Yeah, block that shit, man. What yeah. are we doing here? You know, so um man, it, it just your heart breaks for him. You know, it, it sucks. That I I honestly I don't think my instance worth really listening to, man. Um 
you know, I, I think I just comped it to the Dennis Dixon injury. If you guys remember back in like 07 when, uh, uh, when I mean, Oregon had a pretty good shot to win the national title that year. And uh, his thigh bone just slips off his shin bone mm. in the desert. And it was like, oh, okay, that's not going it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, so that sucks. Um, I mean, I think you pray basically that he, uh, you know, that he's like not long-term impacted by this. Mm -hmm. I would be shocked if he can return to play this year. Like just yeah, absolutely I've, shocked. I've heard every rumor in the world. There's, I don't know anything. Uh, honestly, you just need to wait. I mean, there's nothing to know until they, right. You know, there's going to be a surgery almost certainly needed until that happens. They won't know for sure. So don't, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock in, into it one way or another until there's more clarity. So, agreed. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm just like like people in the chat were asking like, do we think he can be back by Louisville? No, I 100 percent no. Please. Guys, that hopefully like honestly, I hope for them that like they didn't see it, you know, because uh, ESPN stopped showing the replay. Thankfully, yeah. Uh, do I know you weren't watching it live on TV? They cut to. Uh, they cut to like the studio, mm -hmm. and it was uh, it was Booger and I think Nagandi, and Booger and Nagandi did not know what they were going to show, and it, like oh. it hit up was it, it was yeah it was kind of I was like oh man okay everybody's surprised here again. Um no man I, I just hope like look that he's he's back and ready for like the combine, you know and and that it's that there's no long term damage. It, FSU's doctor got out there with the quickness, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and thankfully, thankfully they did. Right. So, um, a lot of questions people have here. We're not going to do a 40 minute podcast, uh, you know, but like, I mean, Jordan, if that's it really, really special career, man. I mean, one, one of your, one of your best to ever play quarterback here. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the best guys, and you know, in time, maybe seen as as one of the most most important players in this in this program's history. Certainly, the more recent part of it, and uh, led this team and led this program to heights that uh, I'm not sure that a lot of people thought um, was possible. And Jordan also, and this is just me speaking from like the battles in part of it. Um, you could have no greater person than to partner with uh, Jordan. And Jordan has uh, been an incredible ambassador, and he's also handled uh, all that comes with NIL and stuff in a manner that I do think has permeated this roster as well, as far as just not letting, you know, the modern aspects of the sport uh, change either you, how you approach practice, how you treat people in the program, uh, or anything else. So uh, I can only say that that's one of the more impressive young men that I've had the chance to interact with. And when you meet his parents and his brother and everybody around him, you you realize why. So my, my heart is with them and uh, hope to see them soon. And uh, it's, uh, like I said a second ago, he's, he's got as, as good of a group of people around him as, as anybody could hope to have. So, um, 
Tate Rodemaker, fifth year junior, or sorry, fourth year junior, you know, son of a high school coach, big arm, decent athlete. I don't think he's as, as unathletic as, as some people uh, sort of assume. Um, doesn't seem to throw with very good anticipation. Certainly doesn't have the pocket mobility and escapability that Jordan does. If you're going to win these next two ball games, you are going to need him to step up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you're also going to need him. You, you'll need everybody else to really to step up around him. I believe he played. If, if my timeline's right on us, he, he had to have played with Jaheim Bell in high school, right? Like on the yeah, same they, team. Were, uh, they were they were they were teammates at Valdosta. Um, having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours last week. Um, and I said, I, you know, a conversation that we had had back and forth running for quite a while. I just brought it up. I said, uh, I need to amend something that I've thought. And that was that had Brooklyn not gotten his injury with his hand, that he would probably be your starter by the time George Tech was here. Um, I don't know that I know I that anymore. I, I'm not at practice all the time, um, but when I am out there, and particularly recently, uh, I've been really impressed by what Tate has done and the progress he continues to make and the decisions uh, that he has made. And I don't know that, you know, the anticipatory throws are something that we'll see how that evolves over time, uh, but his decision-making has grown leaps and bounds and, um, he's starting to do a, a pretty impressive quarterback. So excited to see what's out there. He is a better athlete than, than people believe. He's never going to get confused with Jordan Travis as far as, uh, you know, the ability to take it 70 yards or something like that. But trust me, if, if Tate tucks it and run, he's got all the ability in the world to pick up 8, 10, 12 yards at a time. Uh, smart player, good athlete. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the offense will look different. Um, but I'm excited to see what they can do with some of the, the quick throw game. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm, Tate has grown a lot. And it's a good thing that he has and excited to see what he looks like with this opportunity. So, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that most likely next year your starter is Brock or a transfer. It doesn't mean Tate won't have a shot to win it. I think he will have a shot to win it. But if, if I'm if I'm setting the odds, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that, that Brock's the right guy right now. I mean, it, I know I got, I was talking to you know, some of our sponsors, right? And they're like, let's let's go to Brock. Tate looks really rocky to, to start. I was like, look, man. I mean, the, the staff gets to see this guy every day. They 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 know like what he scores on the little like iPad quizzes and stuff they give in a moment of, of pretty extreme adversity where you're down 13 to nothing for an FCS team has faked a punt on you and, and thrown like four or five crazy little trick plays. Pretty, pretty nice ones, by the way, like the good North Alabama. I don't know if you want to waste those there. Like you think you're going to shock the world as a, right. the 50 point underdog, but um, all right, you, you got on national television. So that's, that's useful, uh, I guess for, for North Alabama. You're going to go to the guy you trust to make the fewer mistakes, right? We're not really looking for the upside play at that minute against North Alabama. We just want the guy that that, that will not have this thing go completely off the rails. I, I mean, for look, from the people I talk to, 
FSU staff does think they can go win these these next two games with Tate. Will win probably because you're always going to have great belief in what in what you're doing, right? He's not unplayable. Is he good? I'm not going to go that far. Is he average? Maybe. Like we'll we'll see. Like I, I'm not. I this is a a <clears throat> to me this is a significant drop off. Like I'm I'm using like a full seven point drop off in terms of like for a point spread type thing, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know if that's what everybody else will use out there, but I mean, I thought Jordan was playing pretty well. He got you out of a lot of a trouble. And he also, mostly due to his taking care of the ball, a little bit of luck, but like uh, he had taken care of the ball this year fairly well. Jordan had. I mean, I think he only had what, two picks and what, one fumble, two fumbles? Not, not many, like very few turnovers on the year. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think they're going to have. It's probably more RPO game. He does seem to have a nice comfort running that. The last couple times that he's had to come in, that's what they've done with him. Florida will know that and see that, and we'll see how that goes in the swamp. We'll do a little little more formal Florida preview coming up. Um, so, yeah, Florida will see that. Can they stop it? Possibly. But teams have also really eaten up that defense all year. I think you saw some encouraging things in, like, I don't think Johnny and Keon are getting less healthy, knock on wood, right? Jaheim was out there for most of the night and against Miami. Um, he couldn't be, it seemed. So you're going to need certain guys to step up, obviously. like uh, The tight ends in general have to block better. I mean, we, we've, we've been harping on that since the pit game. Just you can't have those whiffs and olays like, like they continue to have there. Like that position is letting you down in the run game. That kind of stuff with a quarterback like Tate on the road, that'll get you beat. You, you can't have these negative four-yard runs because we had an O-lay. And I don't mean the O-line. I mean, like, like all certainly O-line has some of that. Um, how much confidence do you think the team will have in Tate? I think, uh, I think this is a very – special group that's very close knit and uh I think they believe in Tate Rotomaker. I mean some of Tate's more rough showings are so far in the past that I don't really know that there's a whole lot of carryover. Obviously had a great moment in Louisville last year. Um and he, he is impressive in practice. I mean, you know, that they know that it's there. Uh you know, goes out, carries over in a game consistently. Uh we'll see. But um, I think I, I'm fully there with you that I think this team fully believes and expects to win the next two games. So, yeah. Um, DraftKings new playoff odds are out. You went from 76% to make it last week to 25% to make it now. Wow. I don't know what I don't know what Caesars will have. Um, they're usually not drastically different. Which, keep in mind, that's basically assuming you're going to win or you're going to lose one of the next two. I think, or a, a large part of that is that you're likely to lose one of the next two. Okay, Unless that's what I was going to ask you. Is that yeah. is that a prediction on losing the next two, or is that some well, belief that you could be thirteen and zero in the in the 
playoff committee could deem a Jordan Travis less Florida State team is not one of the four best teams in the country. So I, I think that's that's what perfect segue, right? Um, I think that is mostly based on the idea that that like Vegas thinks you're going to lose one of the next two, okay. maybe both. Don't know. I mean, you're what a well, you're a you're a what a ten and a half point favorite against Florida. No, no, that I, I saw some outlets put that out. That that's not correct. That that was like some odd screen that still had the odds before that. You're going to be a ten point favorite over Florida with Jordan. Now you're, uh, you're six and a half. Okay. So like okay. I, you you were yeah you're going to be like ten and a half eleven with Jordan. Now you're six. You know now you're six ish. Yeah. Um, six and a half. So, yeah, like that's not. I mean, you're probably. I don't know. What do you think? Like seventy thirty to win in Gainesville. It's it's mm-hmm. far from a lock. Now Florida also has some problems of their own. By the way, I don't know if you watched the end of that ball game, but left tackle Austin Barber didn't play. Right tackle Damian George went down, did not return, and Graham Mertz uh, broke his collarbone or fractured it or whatever, and was in a sling. So, um, you lose Murray Smith, you lose Jordan Travis. They lose both offensive tackles and Graham Mertz. I think what you lost matters more than what they lost. Like Travis is way better than Mertz. So you'd rather be like, hey, can I have all my guys back? I'll give you all your guys back. Deal? Like, let, let's let's play at full strength. It's a, but, it's a banged up team as in addition to the two guys that you just mentioned. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are – we'll see. Got, got, you know, five days before Florida, so I don't want to be – I just I think there's a lot of guys battling a lot of different, different things. So uh, we'll see. Deloach didn't play last night. I would – you know, we'll see how that goes. I didn't expect him to play based off off practice. Um, yeah, you just got some got some guys beat up. Not appropriate for me to share injury stuff about uh, dudes, but there a lot of guys putting a lot of a lot of gritty efforts in to get out on the field. Yeah, the, the, this team this year has, with the obvious exception of Jordan, um, been fortunate to not have guys be done for the year. But they have had a lot of guys who are like real banged, you know, and, and like missing games because of it, and just some stuff that's just chronic. We'll probably have to get get cut on, you know, at, at the end of the year in some cases. And if not, like you're just going to need a long off season, you know, to heal up. Um, as far as the second part of the question you asked, like, is there any chance FSU gets left out if they do go thirteen and zero? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think we would be idiots to look at these odds and like, you know, DraftKings is not gospel. It's just the first one that comes out. But look, I mean, reasonably the committee is going to look at the team and say, how are they playing with Tate right now? If they're playing well enough to win these two games in difficult environments, well, Charlotte's not, but it's still a a, a pretty decent team in Louisville. The swamp at night will be a difficult environment. If they're playing well enough to win, I think it would be a difficult argument to make that FSU shouldn't be in. Um, but it's going to depend on how they look. We really, we only really have one data point for this, right? In 2014, Cardell Jones mm-hmm. for Ohio State. So Braxton Miller went down and uh, JT Barrett went down. And Ohio State was having to play Wisconsin. And they were actually like a five-point dog to Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game with Cardell Jones. And they won 55-14 to 14 over like mm-hmm. a top 10-ish or whatever. Like a, a pretty 
decent Wisconsin team at least, right? Probably about a Louisville caliber team. And it was very decisive that, that okay, wow, like 55, huh? That's mm-hmm. that's a lot. Um, that team also had, what, Zeke Elliott on it and, and some other you know, real, real studs, just as you do. So you also had the, the tomfoolery of the Big 12 not awarding a conference championship that year. Because like, oh, we have co we have co champions uh, TCU and Baylor, neither of which are brand names. So it wasn't like I kind of think in fourteen, Ohio State they thought Ohio State had the best roster. Cardale didn't come here to play school. Jones, um, Love that. oh oh fifty nine and nothing. Okay, sorry, fifty nine nothing. I knew it was a pretty big number. Probably should look that up. It'd be better better podcasting. It kind of like gave him a nice in to leave him in, and then the Big Twelve. It's not like you're putting him over, you know, over over name brands, right? I do want to point out that last episode we said, "Hey, Washington will probably jump you because they're going to have another top twenty-five win over Oregon State if they do win." That was pre-Jordan Travis's injury, so if that happens on Tuesday night, I wouldn't really freak out about that because again. We already told you there's a pretty good chance that happens because Washington's resume looks better with a, another top 25 win. But if you go out and you look good, right, you you keep Florida from going to a bowl, that won't be an impressive win. It'll, it'll, it'll be over a 5-17 and 17 if you beat the Gators. If you lose, you, the conversation is over. Um, but, you know, you're going to have, what, a, a Louisville team that's a one-loss team? Like, you beat Louisville in the conference championship game, they're going to be like, what top 15 ish still that's a pretty solid win for you so to answer your question the 26 percent to make it in from DraftKings, i think is mostly rooted in the vegas expectation that you don't go undefeated the rest of the way there is probably some allowance there for hey they go undefeated they don't look very good doing so and the committee decides to take somebody else who looks really impressive i guess mm-hmm Yeah, um, interesting. No, it'll just play out. I, I personally, you know, we'll get into the previews. We'll look at it more. Um, I think Florida State wins the next two games, and we'll see what happens from there and and how the how the committee responds accordingly. So, I mean, you have now played, uh, well, Vatek back at quarterback, Cuse hurt starter, Duke. Uh, hurt starter and backup wake hurt starter. Wait, that was Griffiths. Yeah, Pitt, uh, backup Miami, backup North Alabama's whatever. So, you, you've played seven games in a row without facing like even a decent FPS quarterback at, at full health. Mm-hmm. So, you're gonna get an, an, an eighth here in Gainesville. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, Khalil, look, I, Khalil, I'll, I'll hear the argument for drones being better than Wells, but honestly, like if you watched him pass the ball last night against NC State, I, there's a reason he didn't win the job coming out of camp. Like it, it's a very very limited passing sample. My point is, I still have major doubts about FSU's defense shutting down good offenses, but I have no doubt about their ability to shut down bad offenses. And I'm not saying Florida's offense is bad, but quarterback play, like we will see what happens like i'm they, they got to run a backup out there too 
I think your personnel is a little bit better than theirs. Mm -hmm. um, so you will need a, you'll need a monster effort from the defense for sure. Um. All right, what else do we like from the game? I mean, the game was just a wash. I don't know. Tate, Tate looked nice. All the things having to do with the 2013 team were really cool. Um, I shared an elevator with James Winston yesterday. That was a that was a nice moment, bud. Uh, I also uh, got a kick out of. I looked out my window today, and James and his Winston, James and his family walked down to like you know that thing that's on the corner of Woodward and Gaines that like. It's the circle, the traffic circle with yep. the uh, taking a picture of that and just crack me up. And it's also a reminder that, you know, this, this is a college town for these guys. It's them going back and experiencing all the, the things that uh, that the rest of us do when they go back to school and have places in town that are special to them or whatever else. Uh, it's great to see so many of those 2013 guys and, uh, you know, a team that obviously still – exceptionally close and got to talk to some of the different players at the uh, tailgate beforehand. And it's just great to hear about how many, you know, group texts those guys are all still in to this day and how close of a group that is. And uh, it was great for them to be celebrated. So that, for my opinion, was the best part of yesterday's game. Are you surprised Jamo did not show? <laughs> I had a um, – I had a popular Houston radio uh, show call me on Friday at three o'clock asking if he was, cause that was the, that was the hot rumor uh, around town. And I said, that would blow me away. I'm like, he might be here to see his son or something, but like, no, I don't think Jimbo's not going to walk down the legacy walk uh, with, the, with the 2013 team or something like that. So, uh, you know, Jimbo can go, he's got a lot of money and a lot of time on his hands and looks like, what West Virginia's won eight games or something like that this year. I mean, Neil Brown's not going anywhere. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with, with Jimbo moving forward. Uh, I'm getting some crap here for drinking from a Stanley, um, uh, yeah. from Troy. Troy, do you think I buy cups for my house? Oh, Troy was also the guy that thought I was really drunk, which I don't know why, what about tonight would have made you think that. Um, I think you're just down like, man, I don't know about, like, like I've been down all day. Like the, our, our, my group chats right now are just like trash. freaking depressed. It today's sucks. Trash, man. Yeah. Man. Like, yeah, today sucks. Completely. Uh, two interceptions for, uh, for Jalen Ramsey, a member of the 2013 team that couldn't make it uh, today. So that was great to see as well. That was awesome, man. Uh, probably with a cup is orange. The cup is like actually like a rust color. Um, I, I believe <laughs> it's a rust. Oh, I don't have the ring light on. Okay, hold on. All right, now you guys can see it better. There you go. See, it's ring. There you go. It's closet Texas fan. Uh, we have we have figured it out. Of course. Um, look, I I want to see this team go win the next two games. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I want to see them make it a really uh, – I want to see that committee squirm a little bit. I, I want to see Heather Dennis try to do mental gymnastics outside that room. My favorite yeah. person. Yeah. I mean, I look, if you're uh, – we'll, we'll get into it more, but if you're Jared Verse, it's a money game. Mm -hmm. Right? 
you're you're going to get a backup backup tackle in the swamp in a game we need you to go win the ball game for us, mm-hmm. or you're going to get a hurt or kind of a dinged up starter. You know, go time. Mm-hmm. So I yeah I I thought the defense actually settled down and played pretty damn well. I mean I, I'm not going to fault the defense for a fake punt, right? And I mean you run a bunch of crazy trick plays, you hit one, whatever. Like it wasn't like they were driving the ball on you a whole lot. So. Um, yeah, Pat Payton did have a lot of, of really good deflections. I thought that was solid. I, is there an argument to be had that Darius is a better center than this health status version of Maurice? Very possibly. I mean, Mo is as tough a guy as you're going to meet. Um, he's banged up, man. And a lot of a lot of these guys on both lines of scrimmage are significantly dinged. Um, I think I used I think I said this last podcast that I was on with you. Like the the Duke game was the Louisville game of last year. We just didn't know it. You didn't have any guys that were like out on the field. You know, it just it took took twenty four hours to realize it. I'll put it that way. Um, a lot of guys dealing with stuff. So. I, I also think that, like, look, man, you're, you're going to get big-time buy-in from this team, right? Like, this is a week. I'm looking at the betting board. One of the biggest things to figure out is, like, all right, it's week 12. Who wants to be here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was talking to I was talking to a guy played in the league, and he's an analyst now, and he's like, man, part of this stuff is just Sometimes it's good to have a rah-rah coach as opposed to a hard-ass X and O coach if you're not having a great year because the rah-rah guy may be able to just get his guys up and get you know get them super fired up for that last game of the year. But look, I mean, you know Mike will be in his bag for this. I'm sure he's got stuff that, that they have not – I'm not saying like he's going to put a ton on tape, but like they'll have some stuff, right? And I, I think it's probably a lot of like, hey, Tate, let's use the big arm. Tate shot plays type stuff. We'll see on some of the screens how it works. But I think you get really, really great buy-in from this team this week. And this is a type of week where, granted, it's Florida, so you should anyway. And then for, for the Gators, they should get full buy-in for the Knowles. But, you know, it's Thanksgiving week. It's a it's a weird type of week, right? You know, I, I think they'll get really good buy-in for the plan they're going to put in. And I, I think I think they'll go down and they'll score some points. Now, Florida's defense, we'll talk more about this on the preview, but it is hit or miss like at times. It, I'm a little shocked they held Missouri to 30-something at home. Uh, but, man, uh, that last drive was not a thing of, of beauty. And I, I will say this. Um, winning close games is a considerable amount of luck. But there is some skill in it. I think we, we, we've been able to determine. So my, my buddy Tom Fernelli on cover three with me, he has a good stat here. Most one-score wins without a loss this year. Louisville, Washington each have five. Missouri, Ole Miss, Tulane have four. Florida State and Jacksonville State have three. You know what all those teams have in common? Offensive head coach where like the team has a clear off offensive identity that is like driven by that head coach's system. And in most cases, the offense is run through the head coach as the primary play caller. Like Drinkwitz gave it up. I think DeBoer and Grubb 
kind of co-call it at Washington. Lane obviously calls it. Fritz at Tulane. Uh, Jack State, Rich Rod still calls it, I believe, and FSU, obviously. So now you could tell me, too, part of that is they have experienced quarterbacks, which I'll, I'll buy that as well from that list I just read. But being in this state, you you appreciate it, not on a, a weekly basis, but I think you, you appreciate it on a monthly basis, man. Like the guys in Gainesville and the guys in, in Coral Gables, those teams just do bad coached stuff much more frequently than Mike's team does. Not saying Mike's team never makes boneheaded decisions. They do, of course. You're coaching college players. But, like, man, Mike does not mismanage these timeouts like Mario did yesterday, right? Like, I, Mike's kids, I mean, so rarely run out of bounds when they're trying to salt away a game. Like, they just, it's almost automatic the attention to detail you have in Tallahassee compared to what you're seeing. In the, and I think because we, we hyper focus, we watch these other two teams as well. Like, you see boneheaded stuff from those guys. Like serious consequential stuff. What every five six games, and like that's a huge frequency with which to have it. So I, I, I just wanted to say I, I think there's there's something you know to uh, to be appreciative of there for sure. Um, Mike's one of the most organized people that I've ever encountered, um, and the consistency of work ethic every day is. It's like compounding interest, man. You know, you just do it every day and you do it enough and it doesn't mean you're going to bat a thousand. Um, but a lot goes in to making sure that Saturdays are as, as optimal as possible. And that particular part of it. Uh, I think Mike's a, a better play caller and, and, you know, game manager or whatever than people maybe give him credit for. Uh, sure. There's things that happen, you know, particular plays that, People might question, but um, like the fan base, because I tell yeah. you, other coaches give Mike a, sh a, a boatload of credit, man. Boatload of credit. Like boatload of credit. they know he they can know. coach. They know absolutely. Um. So, yeah. Um. It's a hard pod to do, man. Yeah, it is. But uh, you know, it's just. Did, did you catch Norvell's get, get like staring daggers into the coach for the, trying to kick that field goal at the end? <laughs> uh, Mike, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, um, so watching Louisville, I mean, their quarterback is you probably trust their quarterback a little more. But a lot of that stuff schemed up, man. It wasn't like Jack Plummer was dealing. No. Right? No, not at all. Not at all. I will say that not, not many people watched Louisville live. That is. Not in person. Not in person. No. Electronically, the her E-Canes. I mean, the we, we E-Canes, I'm sure. Sure some people watched. And then even more people sat in spaces and talked about watching it. Uh, but I don't know, man. That's, you know. Miami's an interesting place right now. Uh, Well-funded on the NLI side, but I don't know. What do you think attendance was there? Sixteen thousand yesterday or something like that? I don't know. Not, uh, Forty-five thousand apparently. Forty-five. Okay. Good. Forty-five. Good. 
I'll Inspired, save the comment about dressing his seats or disappearing or invisible or whatever else. But uh, yeah, you had some Miami fans identifying as green seats, I believe. Label, label me skeptical on the 45,000. 45, I, on cover three, I said it was bullshit by half. Mm -hmm. I, if I had to make a real guess, I would say it's probably like 31. 45 seems egregiously high. You have like entire sections that are empty. Like that, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, the chat agrees, by the way, we, we, we did not see 45,000 people. Uh, I actually had a buddy there who was, who was working and yeah. he was sending me videos and they were, uh, they were hilarious. And I would tweet one out and my fans were like, that doesn't count because the game is not officially started. There's no, still four hours until the four. game starts. Oh yeah. 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 I was like, okay. Got yeah. it. No yeah. how, about, how about this one? <laughs> This one is uh is like seven minutes into the first quarter. This one is, and then the other one was oh it's, this is uh, only a minute before half, uh because, of course, apparently half the crowd got up with a minute left of the half yeah. even though like there was an actual drive going on in a consequential game against the top ten team, like everybody made a mad dash for snacks or something. I, I I don't know. Um, they also do like the nightclub at the game thing. Have you mm. seen that? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, big thanks to our sponsors. It was I did see uh Shannon yesterday and uh also awesome. with Mia. Uh they're just uh best people that you could ever hope to partner with uh when it comes to going through the home loan process. 844 FSU loan. 844 FSU loan. It legitimately is one of one of the best uh partnerships that uh, that any podcast could have. So um been been an incredible experience there. How much would it cost to pay? But yeah, two million. <laughs> I uh, that's funny. I don't bro. know, but like, do you think that FSU fans have? You know how FSU fans kind of took over Wake Forest this year? I I was I saw it. Yes, absolutely. If you started like a put the Seminole back in Seminole Hard Rock campaign right now. Mm -hmm. How many FSU fans do you think you could get down there for that game next year? Like, yeah. you think like more than half? Like, could it be like a seventy, like a seventy thirty visitor crowd? How? Well, I guess you don't know where in the in the schedule it falls. I mean, it's the only game that they have people come out to, but it could be fifty fifty, absolutely. It could be sixty forty, even depending on when it is and you know how many games they've they've dropped beforehand. Now, so they play UF next year, correct? And UCF. Okay, so those games are fixed, are they not? So do we know where that game falls on the schedule? Uh, I can not pull it so UF is some, you know, um, automatic loss by any means. Is <clears throat> no, I, I would agree. As we're getting, <laughs> that one is August thirty first. That 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 that's August thirty four thirty uh, first in Gainesville. And then okay. we have so uh, opener. Wow. I didn't realize they, they, were they get FAMU and Ball State, and then they go play at USF. Okay. And we get two bye weeks next year, by the way. Uh, because of the Ireland trip? Uh, I believe it's because I'm not really sure why. Um, for FSU, for sure. I, yeah. Are we, are we trying to guess what day this game will be? Well, yeah, I mean, that was loosely what I was trying to just get an idea. But, uh, 
hopefully earlier in the year. I, I, I don't love this like like November Miami game. Doesn't it doesn't feel right to me? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Jackie. Uh, sorry about that, Jackie. Okay. Sorry, just reading through some of the comments here. We got a lot of comments tonight. We got a lot, a lot of live, live uh, viewers. I mean, hey, go, go win the next two ball games. You know, your, your goals that we thought were achievable slash reasonable were in front of you, right? You already met your most basic of goal this year that we had. I know we had said on this pod before. The thing is like you have to make it back to the ACC championship game. All right, let's go get more goals. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go see. You know, let's let's go see what they can do. Um, Jeremy wants more positives about the team uh, instead of crapping on rivals. <laughs> I mean, look, I think your positives remain your positives. The the the, neg- the the problem is your negatives aren't getting any better. Your O line doesn't appear to be getting healthier. Right, you're going in the wrong direction there. You're get, you're getting kind of more banged up, not less. Now, if your receivers get a little healthier, I think that helps you quite a bit. But I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think this team's on fumes, but it doesn't feel primed for a jump. Mm-hmm. Also, like I think Florida will come out and play hard, but I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it'd, it'd be weird for them to mail it in. But again, I I don't know, man. Like that that fourth and seventeen play was weird. Mm-hmm. You got you got a guy celebrating doing the the incomplete signal as the Missouri receiver runs for the first down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a strange couple. Uh... Did you see much of that Auburn game yesterday? I. Only oh. saw bits and pieces. We've been doing this bit where, uh, so Jerry Kill, I love him as a coach, and he uh, he basically has been wearing his military appreciation gear ever like for like six weeks now, and it's kind of a bit. <laughs> and like, like, I mean, did you see P- uh, Pavia body slam the Auburn player? Yes, yes, I did. That's a really good staff. If Jerry Kill was not as old as he was, and he didn't have the seizure problems. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't like leave Minnesota. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it, it's. Um. All right. More. Oh, did you like Singleton yesterday? Mm. Yeah. S- some 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 things to work with there. A lot of things to work with at that position. Um. Your future's bright. Future's bright at skill, skill positions in general. I'll say that. I think your future is bright. Like, I mean, really all over this team. You know, Mm -hmm. I I was playing the schedule game in my head for next year. I was like, look, honestly, it's probably that like seven and five to 12 and 0 range. Absolutely. You take that with, with a a midline, probably more of like nine and three ish. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe you can go 10 and two. I, I think you've done a pretty nice job developing some of these players that you have who are young guys who, who are getting in the games now some, but they're continuing to shine and practice some. Like there's certain spots you got to continue to shore up. You know, still nervous as hell about defensive line overall. But like that's just something they got to get better at, you know, from the high school recruiting standpoint. And we'll yeah. see if they can. 
Uh, if you want a stealth storyline that took place last week that might not have caught people's attention, um, didn't Lucas Simmons get cleared? Is that public now? I think so. I believe, I believe they referenced it in, in an interview after practice. Okay. Um, don't that's need to go into details, but that's massive. That is absolutely massive. So um, that's a kid with all the upside in the world. So big, big deal that might have gotten gotten lost in some of the other conversation and other things that were going on last week. Um, Want to thank our friends at Congruity. Guys, you know, I've dialogued with Matt Lewis probably more times than he'd like me to. Uh, sometimes over the course of a, uh, a week. And he's been a great resource for the Battles Inn. He's been a great resource for the Nolcast and uh, Congruity. And uh, Matt Lewis and his team have been great for, I believe, 12 Noel-affiliated businesses now. So fantastic people, whether or not you need help with payroll or HR or just whatever it may be, an aspect of your business that you can think be more optimized, Congruity HR dot com and uh bud friday night went to dinner with um a guy that's a noel cast listener and uh um has a really interesting job with florida state and a congressional aide and went to charlie park and it was nice. uh, it was great dude really really good i will tell you that the uh i'm gonna double down on the lemon curd toast uh with prosciutto i know that sounds a little strange honestly you could have it as an appetizer you could have it as a dessert it's fantastic uh, a lot of different things on the menu there that jump out. Charlie Park, incredible place, and fortunate to be able to partner um, that we're able to partner with them. Uh, Chad asking about certain guys leaving the class. Look, guys, I mean, I, I, I referenced this on the last pod. I, I don't think we're going to go into it too much. Your recruiting is an undefeated college football playoff contender after winning double digit games last year. Okay. You're recruiting, your recruiting is leveling up. There are just going to be some guys who you take back when you weren't great who don't profile as guys who can make an impact for you if you're going, if it appears you are progressing to where you want to be. That's about the nicest way I can say that. And it is so important to find the right fit. The player has to find the right fit for their talent level that will allow them to get on the field. Games got played. It, it, it's, it's much better that it happens now. Then it ha- then it happens once a guy gets on campus and realizes he doesn't have the ability to play there. Won't be the first, probably won't be the last. The top of the class is getting better. So anyway, that's just uh, that's what I will say about that. Um, sorry, just going through the chat. We got we got a really lively chat tonight, man. That's uh, that is fantastic. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think you and I are both still really high on Simmons for the long term. I mean, it sucks he had to, you know, miss time like that, but like obviously it, it's it's amazing that he, that he's that he's cleared now. And you know, I, I, Atkins has to be totally thrilled, you know, yeah. that he, that he gets to work with the guy like that now. Uh, people think uh, Pat Sertan is an awesome hire. Yeah, that's one hundred percent is. I, I agree. I, I think that's a, a really really good hire. Um, did you catch the moment on cover three? I, I, I realized that Restrepo got shut down so bad that uh, that Chip and Tom thought he missed. The no, game. he wasn't injured. He just got erased. He has uh, got clamped. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. He oh, just my got gosh. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, 
No, I like that. Good clip. Um, let me see what else. I thought because I or because I Holmes ran pretty hard. Um, you know, you you move the ball pretty well when Tate came in, despite some drops. So if you can get those cleaned up a little bit, that would be awesome. Tate definitely has a. Uh, he seems to be fairly comfortable at times uh, throwing some of these in-breaking routes to to mm-hmm. the big body guys, especially especially Johnny. So that'll be something. Now, Jordan did that at times too. Um, th- there are some things you can work with. I, th- I think with Tate to go, you know, to go win two ball games. I, I, I had a guy uh, ask me tonight. He's like, "Do you think FSU could win a playoff game with Tate?" I was like, "I'm glad you used the word could." Do I think they could? Yeah, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility based on his physical skill set. Do I think they would? I mean, probably not. But like, hell. It, if you make it to the college ball playoff after losing Jordan Travis, like guys, mm-hmm. come on, that that would be that would be an awesome accomplishment. People see some shades of Blackman in uh, in Tate Rodemaker style. That's a pretty good comp, actually, right? See, uh, body style, absolutely. Tate's got a, a little bit of a different throwing style, I think, a yeah. um, little bit more compact. Uh, but I I can see the comparison there, definitely. 100 percent uh what else do we got here in the chat um do they keep the same coaching staff for the next season i i think the odds say no um, that's not like hey this guy's getting fired that would be you know very unlikely be unlikely yeah yeah i i think that there'll probably be probably be some changes there if i had to guess right uh how about some love for jerry and jones i, I thought we just gave him some love uh for sure so Look, the program is not falling apart. It absolutely sucks to lose Jordan Travis. Uh, Mike and Alex Atkins will have to get in their bag, and you're going to need the defense to play their butts off in Gainesville and and hold Florida to something in the teens or low 20s, mm-hmm. right? And if you do so, I think there's enough leaks. Oh, uh, also tempo. Florida's got some really fat guys up front. I don't mean that as euphemism for like for big dudes. Like the one kid is really fat, mm-hmm. and tempoing him makes a lot of sense. Like you don't want to like give him a big breather. They actually ran a little bit of tempo last night, and I think they've been trying to incorporate it more. Look at what they did to Miami, right? It wasn't always super fast tempo, but it was get up to the line type stuff, preventing substitutions. I think tempo would make a hell of a lot of. That's just that's not inside information. That's just common sense when you see. How UF has worn down in some of these games. The uh, the Jackson kid they got from Memphis though is a freaking stud, and mm-hmm. that is where having Darius be able to fill in for for Maurice if Maurice can't go could really matter because like that guy is is I'm not gonna say first rounder for sure, but I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not like a top 100 pick. Um, but it'll be an important guy to ID. We'll talk. We'll, we'll probably get a Florida guest on this week. I think I've got I've got a couple good ones in mind. It's always kind of tough to. Uh, to get them on during a Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. But I think you have better players than Florida overall. I think you have better coaches. I don't think this thing is crumbling, right? And if you go get that one, you might as well go get the next one too. Yeah. So, uh, do I think 
Norvell will simplify the play calling to help Tate process things faster. Yes, but it's not that's not really a knock about like, hey, Tate doesn't get it. It's more like Mike and Tate are gonna sit down and they're gonna say, Hey, what concepts give you the most comfort? What do you like to run? Okay. When I call play in, what do you be like? All right, cool. I like this. Let's go, let's let's go execute this. When I call this in, what do you think? Like, do you like this? Is it something because you're gonna be in an uncomfortable situation being in the swamp? You want to make sure that the play call doesn't make you uncomfortable. So they'll get on the same page with that. Of course, they'll pare it down. Jordan Travis was like a millionth year senior who also had great mobility and a, a, a zillion years in this system and ton of experience and, and a hell of a lot of confidence. So, yeah, like I guarantee you Mike and Tate sat, sat down this morning or this afternoon, right? Like there's there's no way that uh, uh, that they didn't. It won't be like what you had against Louisville in 22 like that that was extremely pared down but uh yeah guys they'll they'll uh i i think they'll have something for them we'll see gotta go execute it it'll never be easy but um also really important week coming up for zero for 44 Mm -hmm. you know for fisk guys like that we also don't know like who's playing for florida uh, if they don't have those two tackles, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I don't. The, there's some question in the chat about whether Daryl Jackson would be available for the ACC championship, and I don't do not believe he would be. Um, it's the same semester, right? So I would think no. Yeah, it's postseason. It's not a. It's not a. Yeah, it's not a regular season ban. It's just how the way that the playoffs happen in the fall. So, yeah, exactly. All right, man. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. I think. Let's see. We we had any more chat questions? Mm, Let's see. Nah. We'll say no, and then like six of them will, will flood in as soon as we hit in. So I'll give it like ten seconds here. Um. Digi- uh, Digital one OG says he thinks Tate takes off more than uh, Jordan would. Hey, I'm not not opposed to him taking off some. No, I mean, we'll see. I I think you may be right about that, actually. Um, But, you know, we'll see what it looks like. But I I would. Top three starting receivers next year. It'll be three out of of basically these five. Williamson, Portier, Hakeem, Jacobs. Maybe a player be named later if you happen to have like a stud freshman who knows. Jakai, right? Like, like. Did you say yeah. Destin? I uh, did not say Destin. This is a good problem to have. Yeah, I just named off seven. Right, like that's that's pretty good, right? Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, Destin Hill and Hakeem Williams are. That's uh, a great first two to build around. I'll put it that way. The, this is why I think these Miami fans are like, oh, but like FSU built a team, not a program. This is why I think they're idiots. Mm-hmm. That was a question we had like 24 months ago, mm-hmm. right? It's clear that the steps that they're making in terms of retaining good players, like through the battle's end and doing a better job recruiting, like that that matters. Like they're not building just a team. They're trying to build more of a program, more sustainable. 
Like, do we think next year will be a national title year? Unlikely, I would say. But still, like a year FSU fans will be proud of, a year where you don't look back and say, oh my God, everything that we accomplished last year is all for naught this year. Like, I, I'm not projecting some massive step back for this team, in part because the schedule as well. Like there are a certain number of teams in this league now where you're just not going. I mean, Louisville lost to Pitt, so this is dumb to say, but like you're very unlikely to lose like more than one of these games that are like maybe making up like half your schedule. So um that's a good problem to have. Like those are receivers I, I named off are are really good. Other college coaches are gonna look at that and they're gonna say, man. Got the binoculars. Okay, who's starting for FSU? Who's not? Let's see if we can go get one or two of these guys to transfer off. I'm sure. Just like uh, McLean this year. You'd be right. Penn State. You'd be right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I think there was one other question in chat that I was going to answer. Uh, did we start? Uh, no, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Cool. Um Love. Appreciate you putting up with us. It's not the easiest podcast to do, uh, but uh, look, an incredible season. You got two games left uh, that you're that you're you know absolutely sure as to win and, and who it's against. Go finish it. You know, thirteen and zero is a is a hell of a number, and this team is a special team that has a chance to go out and end in a very special manner so is this true that we're bringing the band um i hope so i i can get an answer on that absolutely uh i know that um florida state doesn't have like a pep like some schools will do a reduced size band that travels the pep squad yeah The, the marching chiefs don't do that so it's either you know well, my understanding, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on the marching chiefs, but my understanding is they, if they're going, they're all going. So that'd be great. And I, I might've mentioned this. I'm losing my mind recently. I can't remember when I said stuff, but uh, I was watching like a 1992 Florida state Georgia Tech game recently. And the band was on the road there and it was just awesome to hear how loud the chiefs are. And uh, it's a great soundtrack to have on the road behind you. So I'm, I very much hope they're there. You want to pop a pack? Let's do, and then let me get back to Atlanta uh, so that I can pull some of my uh, my old cards, and we can we can look at that. That'll be good. All right. If you guys have stayed long enough, this is something I, I mentioned on on the prior show. Good buddy John and Raleigh. These are awesome. First edition Florida State Seminoles trading cards collegiate collection. Dion. Is on the cover of this. Oh, okay. This is this is probably worth some money, but I, I think it's it's also excellent show content. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Let's remember some remember some Knowles. Not remember some dudes, but remember some Knowles. Should probably find a way to get this open. Okay, here we go. We need like the hand cam that you get on. Oh, uh, sorry. Here we yeah. go. On the uh, on some of these unboxing or whatever. All right, man. Here we go. So is this a specific year? Is this like the 88 team or? Uh, this is the, it appears to be the 88 team. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. 
Oh, right right from Jump Street. Look at that. Dexter Carter. Ah, Dexter Carter. Nice. Hell yeah. It's a great Dude, start. If you're if you're one of our young listeners, I mean Dexter Carter, awesome. You got the stats on the back. Oh, and they have a cool little bio. Much like fellow Seminole great Greg Allen, Dexter Carter was one of the most outstanding tailbacks for Florida State ever had. Following his spectacular career with the Seminoles, Carter was the first-round draft pick of the San Francisco 49ers and the 25th overall pick in the NFL draft. 1,826 career rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. His son, by the way, does not suck. Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty nice recruit. Dexter... Uh... Weren't Dexter Carter and William Floyd in the same backfield with each other out in San Francisco as well? Uh, so. I believe so. That would, yeah. yeah, the timeline would fit there. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Dexter was there for a while. Uh, Gary Futch. Gary Futch from Ocala. Mm-hmm. Six foot two, two hundred forty pound, two hundred forty pound defensive tackle. My how times yeah. have changed. Yeah, they have he, changed. Younger brother of fellow Seminole great Greg Futch, uh, lettered for the tribe from 78 to 81, starting defensive tackle for his junior and senior years. He was known as the one who could get the job done. The first two years of FSU career, Gary alternated between nose guard and defensive tackle, then took over as the defensive tackle spot permanently as a junior. Junior year, he was credited with 33 total stops, including two quarterback sacks, six tackles for loss, one fumble recovery. Following that season, Butch was the second team, Associated Press, All-South Independent Choice. Okay, excellent. His senior year, he again earned that honor. 54 total stops, including eight for a loss and five sacks. That is awesome, man. Look at that. This is cool. All right, we we do have some more cool ones here. We'll we'll do the pack, and then then we'll call it a night. Uh, By the way, the Chiefs confirmed today that they are going to be full force in Gainesville. Awesome. Let's awesome. go, man. Yeah, it's great. All right. Edwin Alisea, baseball. Okay. Big, oh, awesome. shoot. Multi-sport. Love it. M- multi-sport. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, this is awesome. My, my mom and dad will love this one. See that? Jimmy Jordan. Jimmy Jordan. Love. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Quarterback, 1976 to, to 1979. Four years at FSU, Jimmy Jordan threw 595 passes, completed 298 for 4,173 yards, 39 touchdowns. He was honored by the Associated Press as the Southeastern Back of the Week versus LSU. Sports Illustrated as the National Back of the Week versus Oklahoma. This is back when they didn't call quarterbacks quarterbacks. They just called them backs Mm -hmm. um, because everybody ran the option. Versus Oklahoma State. And ABC TV player of the game versus LSU and Navy. In 76, Jordan threw FSU's longest touchdown pass a 96-yarder to Kurt, I'm going to butcher this, Ungalab. Okay. This is before my time. My dad would probably know. Um, Versus Virginia Tech. Beyond all the stats and honors, what Jimmy Jordan and his friend, fellow quarterback Wally Woodham did was win. From 77 and 79, Jordan was a key factor in making FSU a national power with a record of 29 and 6 and three straight victories over Florida. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad we opened this. This is good. Is that the last quote? Uh, oh, somebody in the chat. Bobby Bowden, dude. That's incredible. Yes. First pull. That's the pull. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I need to need to uh, to read all this, but I will because this is pre national title. 
I think. Um, yeah, they, they, they finished out the 1987 season with a true heartbreaker, number two in both polls. That was obviously uh, one of the wide rights, the 25-226 game. That's, yeah. Um, it's interesting to see the way that these things are written and then just, you know, a couple years later, mm-hmm. he wins a natty. And then another one a couple you know, a couple years after that. I, I do like how Norvell talks about him, by the way. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. being in that office kind of reminds him of the standard. Uh, let me see here. Do you know Bobby Jackson? I do not. I do not either, but he's from Albany, Georgia. Albany. Uh, there you go. He, uh, he was a sixth-round pick of the Jets and played uh, eight years in the NFL. Does it list his high school? Did he go to Doherty? Uh, it does not list the high school. Okay. 5'11", 185, which back then is pretty decent size for a DB. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do, does the chat remember Bobby Jackson? Bobby Jackson here, let's see. Bobby Jackson. <laughs> I mean, look, he had to play it a decent bit. This is a little bit before my time, but, um, I mean, Bobby Jackson, to go sixth round of the Jazz is, is not, not nothing. Two more. <clears throat> Oh man, dude, this is a hell of a pack, bro. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, incredible. I know. I know. We were just talking about him. Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a friend who would love that. That's uh, that's Ron Sellers, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. The battle then just announced a partnership with Ron Sellers last week, and so I've been watching a lot of, a lot of highlight tapes and. Uh, that dude was just a different player at his day yeah. and time. I mean, six foot four, just incredible football player. Uh, incredible football player. He's got a catch in a game against Alabama that uh, you're just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. You know, sounds stupid to say, but like, didn't know dudes were doing that that type of <laughs> that type of stuff yeah. back then. So, uh, remarkable player. The uh, the chat, by the way, says Bobby Jackson had FSU's all time interception record before uh, Buckley broke it. So okay, that makes me ignorant of the history. Bobby Jackson, apologize. Uh, oh, he's a he's Hall of Fame. He's an FSU Hall of Fame member too. How did I not know Bobby Jackson? I did not realize that. I mean, I guess I was two years old. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of our listeners were like negative twenty five years old. So um, Ron Sellers. Completed his three-year career, 66-68. No man has ever gained more receiving passes, uh, more yards receiving passes. NCAA record, he caught 244 passes for 3,979 yards. As a result of his play, yeah, this was like, this guy was playing like a different sport, dude. Uh, as a result of his play, Sellers was a consensus All-American. Well, I would think so if you basically invented catching the ball mm-hmm. uh, in 67-68. Established FSU's single-game record with receptions with 16 yardage with 240 touchdowns with five and points with 30 also rewrote their season record book with 12 touchdowns 12 touchdown pass receptions 80 passes caught 1496 this would be like great numbers today dude uh, this guy played football when they did not throw he still he still owns 17 different records at forest state yeah this is like records. this is like space alien type stuff like, like you're sent from the future to show everybody how to catch passes this is yeah <laughs> uh, at i mean like, you know, 
Uh, well, that was funny. That's funny. Oh man, <laughs> we need to laugh. Like little, little laugh, little little, yeah. little kind of just like you know, cope session. Um, after the '68 season, his jersey number 34 was retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. FSU doesn't retire numbers anymore, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's a pretty or they pretty rarely he, do. Uh, he let it be worn by one other gentleman, and that was a smart choice. Good player. Yes. Yes, it was. Talking about all the earning. Oh, man. All earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is all. Oh, we have one more. Sorry. Danny McManus. Okay. This was a pack. Dude, this is a pack. We have like 40 of these, so. Um, <laughs> we might end up doing like these as YouTube shorts for the offseason uh-huh. and put them on the channel. I think I, that could be kind of cool. That's a good idea. You know, yeah, because like I have a cover three idea that I'm gonna do, and be like, "Oh, hey, like Mister Roger style, take a bottle off the shelf and just mm-hmm. discuss the team for like sixty seconds." But I think this for the Nolcast channel could be pretty awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, for the chat, if you don't know, Danny McManus played quarterback for the Knolls, uh, started in '87. Um, pretty decent numbers. Quarterbacks threw a lot more picks back then, like mm-hmm. a lot more. Now you, you you can't do fourteen and nine, but right. back then yep. that was not as as egregious. Fifty two percent passer, so again, passing was not as efficient back then. But did throw for like two thousand yards on twenty six like two hundred sixty attempts. So, yeah. Oh man. All right, brother. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, cool. as much as we could. Good ending. Um, we'll come back uh, later in the week. Look forward to a more thorough Florida preview and appreciate the uh, rather significant live uh, audience that we uh, had tonight. So, No doubt. I mean, what would we do, 500 or something live? That was, that was pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, buddy. All right, brother. Talk soon. We are, we are out.